This is Carrie Gephardt, and you're listening to Five for Fruit, your five-minute fix for Reformed theology and practice. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men because all sinned. For before the law was given, sin was in the world, but sin is not taken into account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking the command, as did Adam, who was a pattern of the one to come. Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 14. Welcome back to another episode of Five for Fruit. We're back with the Catechism cast. We've been working through the Heidelberg Catechism. We've looked at Lord's Day 1. Our only comfort in life and death is that we are not our own, but belong to our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And the last Catechism cast we did covered Lord's Day 2, which speaks to our condition as fallen sinners, our misery, our sin, our guilt. And it told us that we can not live up to God's law. So if Lord's Day 2 is the what, then Lord's Day 3 is the how come or the why, you could say. Question 6 of the Heidelberg Catechism asks this, did God create man so wicked and perverse? The answer is no, God created man good and in his own image, that is in true righteousness and holiness, so that he might truly know God, his creator, love him with all his heart, and live with him in eternal happiness for his praise and glory. You could say that question six is the question, is God the author of sin? The response is no, God created Adam in his image good, upright, as stewards over creation, with the ability to have a relationship with God, to know him, to love him, to live with him. And this role is restored by relationship. So the, the, the reality of that question, is God the author of sin, is no. God created Adam upright. And Adam, functioning in the garden, was in the three offices, the prophet, the priest, and the king, created to know God, created to love God, created to live and reign with God. So God put Adam in the garden under the covenant of works. The covenant of works was a probationary period wherein Adam, if he passed the test, you could say, would enter into glorified or glorified or consummated life upon keeping the covenant. He would partake of the tree of life in a way in which he would enter now into a sinless state of glory. Um, but the, the catechism continues. Question seven, then where does man's corrupt nature come from? And the answer is from the fall and disobedience of our first parents, Adam and Eve in paradise. This fall has so poisoned our nature that we are born sinners, corrupt from conception on. This addresses the nature of the fall. We sin because we are sinners, not the other way around. We need to understand that there is no uh, unfairness in this representative character of Adam and Eve, our first parents. We've fallen in them. Genesis 3, we were deceived by the serpent as Adam, as our representative. And so we are born into sin now. But then question eight says, are we so corrupt that we are totally unable to do any good and inclined toward all evil? The answer here is shockingly a yes, unless we are born again by the spirit of God. So original sin, Adam's representative act. That's why I read Romans chapter five. All have sinned in Adam. We've all fallen in Adam. And we need this to be true if the reverse is also going to be true, that we can be saved in Christ as our representative. We're totally corrupt. This is the, this is the doctrine of total depravity. This is the doctrine that we are spiritually dead, that we are incapable now of anything but sin unless we have an intervention, unless we have an outside 
outside power, an outside reality that comes in and renews our dead spirits, that takes our heart of stone and makes it a heart of flesh. Unless we are regenerated by the Spirit of God and given a new heart, a new nature, made a new creation. This is the reality that regeneration must proceed or precede faith. This is our only hope. This is our peak into the covenant of grace. We're in the portion on misery, but we're looking forward to that reality of salvation to come. That's Lord's Day 3 of the Heidelberg Catechism. Until next week, may you bear much fruit to the glory of God. Pfeiffer Fruit is a proud member of the Society of Reformed Podcasters. Check out more members of the Society at reformedpodcasts.com. Subscribe, rate, and review Five for Fruit on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And visit the website fiveforfruit.com to listen to past episodes and to read articles. Until next time, this is Five for Fruit, your five-minute fix for Reformed theology and practice.